Hey, this is Andrew DiMazio, and I'm the lead pastor here at Rose Church in Portland, Oregon, and this is our podcast. Our mission here at Rose is to be a home for humanity. Whoever you are, wherever you are, I pray today's message challenges you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey, good morning, Rose Church. Oh, man, it's so Good to be here with you this morning and to be able to bring the word. Hey, I hope you guys had this uh, this past week, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and you were able to eat a lot of good food and maybe see some family and friends, even though it was probably through Zoom and a little bit different than this year. But I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving and I hope that you're excited uh, to get into the word today. Um, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Zach Formosa. Like Pastor Andrew said, uh, I lead our Rose Leadership College. But I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, it's, a, it's a great place. We call it Cashville, Tennessee, you know what I'm saying? Little little gangster stuff in there. Uh, but that's where I was born and raised. I moved out here in 2015 and then uh, came um, to the Rose Church at the very beginning uh, when we were in the Boston Nova Ballroom, led a couple teams, did some different things, and then came on staff about a year ago. So I've been around uh, Rose Church, and, and it's been a blast. It's been an amazing blessing uh, to be able to be a part of this church um, and it's an honor and privilege. And uh, before we get into the word today, I want to take a second and uh, thank Pastor Andrew and Julia for how amazing they have been for our church um, as a whole, but also specifically for me. They've been a huge blessing in my life. And I think the two things um, that I've learned from them by watching their lives is how to love God and love his presence but also how to really love people. I mean, what a great example that we have in our lead pastors of how to love God and love people and be the hands and feet of Jesus. So thank you, Pastor Andrew and Julia, for allowing me to be here to bring the word today. But hey, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. And uh, if, you're, if you're in your, your Bible this morning, if you're, if you're grabbing your coffee and you're sitting down on your couch and you're grabbing your word, we're going to jump over to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, we're going to read a story starting in verse 11. Hopefully you're there. Give me a, an amen in the chats if you're there and ready to get into the word. Come on, let's go. Here we go. Luke 15 chapter, uh, or chapter 15 verse 11. To illustrate this point further, Jesus told them this story. He said, a man had two sons and the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. And about that time, his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land. What great timing that your money runs out and then a famine comes. And he began to starve. He persuaded a, a local farmer to hire him and and um, a man sent him into the field to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding to the pigs looked good to him. Man, this guy was hungry. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he thought to himself, at home even the hired servants had enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home and say to my father, Father, I've sinned against you in heaven, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as your hired servant. So he returned home to his father. 
And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we've been fattening from. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, turn up in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother's back, he told him. And your father's killed the fattened calf. And we're celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. And his father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you, and you've never once, uh, I've never once re- uh, refused to do a single thing that you've told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me a young goat to celebrate with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing a fattened calf. We're almost there. <laughs> and his father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything that I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Come on, what a good story. What a good portion of scripture that we're going to be diving into into today. Um, The title of my message today is going to be called The Rich Life. The Rich Life. Come on, let's pray as we dive into the word this morning. Jesus, thank you so much. God, for this this time that we get to share, that we are in our houses, we might be in our car, we might be at work, we might be doing something, but we're still able to encounter you and to hear you, God. So God, I pray that your presence would be evident and thick, even through your word, God, and I pray that it wouldn't be a bunch of knowledge and information that comes to us today, but God, it would be you that we get to know deeper and on a deeper level, God. We're so thankful for you. And we're thankful for your sacrifice, Jesus, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, hey, a couple of years ago, um, I came out of my apartment, and I was walking down. I live on the third floor. I don't know why we decided to live on the third floor. I got to walk down a lot of steps and a lot of steps uh, to go back up every single day. I'm kind of fit now, you know what I'm saying? I don't even work out, but going up and down the steps gets you, gets you going. Anyways, I came down, and uh, I walked out, and I saw my Jeep from a distance. I got a little red Jeep Patriot. Don't even know why I bought it. I want to get a different car. Whatever. It's cool. I'm thankful that I got it, right? I look at it from a distance, and I see that the tire is going flat. It's not all the way flat, but it's, it's getting there. It's going, it's going flat. So I inspected it. You know what I'm saying? Got a little bit of handyman going on, and I uh, inspected it, found that there was a nail in the tire, and I was like, man, this thing's going to be flat. I got to figure out how I'm going to fix it, where I'm going to take it. So I'm searching online, and Discount Tire plugs it up for free. So I was like, amen, finna get this plugged up for free today. So I, call, uh, I go up to Discount Tire, bring in the car, like, hey, man, there's a nail in my tire. I read online that y'all uh, fixed this for free. Is that true? Yeah, man, that's, that's straight up. We'll fix that for free. Absolutely. And I was like, great, awesome. He was like, but I need to let you know. I was like, oh, something else? Okay, cool. 
your tires are bald. Like the back of your tires, I don't even know how you made it here alive, okay? Literally, if you keep driving this car, your tires are going to pop. And I was like, man, okay, I was about to get this fixed for free. Now I'm about to have to pay a lot of money to get it fixed. You know what, I'm going to go over to Portland. I, I live in Vancouver, but I was like, I'm going to go to Portland, get the tax-free stuff. You know what I'm saying? Straight up, had to go across the, across the street. So I was like, no, nah, man, they'll fix it, whatever. Just do the plug. Like, I, I'll get it taken care of soon. Go across the street, eat at IHOP for an hour, uh, get a text. Your car's ready. Come back across the street. And as I'm walking up to the car, I'm starting to realize that, the tires on the back of the car they aren't, aren't bald anymore. And I'm like, okay, maybe they, they rotated the tires. Maybe the front ones were better. They rotated it back, and they, they fixed it up so that I'll be safe. And I'm walking up, and I'm like, yo, what's up, man? And this guy's like, hey, just wanted to let you know today, we went ahead and uh, took care of you. We wanted you to be safe on the street, and, uh, you know, we had, to, we had to fix your car so that, so that you were safe. And I was like, what, what? He was like, yeah, yeah, we just hooked you up today. It's, it's completely free on the house. And I was like, what? Sheesh. You know what I'm saying? I was like, you're serious right now? This is just, just free, clean, good to go. What? I noticed that this thankfulness inside of me started to rise up. And I had this thought in my mind, because they did this for me, for something that they had done and the thankfulness that I had that rose up inside of me, it made me think I will always come back to Discount Tire. Now, they sound like a sponsor this morning. I will always come back to Discount Tire because of, of what they did for me. It rose up this thankfulness and it, and it had a change within me. Have you ever noticed the impact that thankfulness can actually have in your life? What thankfulness can actually do? Um, I think in this story of the prodigal son, we can see some things where we learn about thankfulness and the ramifications or the impact that it has in our life. But I also see where the lack of thankfulness does some things in our life. So for these first couple points, I want to focus on something. I want to focus on this. Lack of thankfulness in your life blurs your vision. Lack of thankfulness in your life blurs your vision. The prodigal son has everything that he needs in the house. He has his father. He has the house. That might be a word for us Christians. We got the house. He has everything that he needs, yet he started to not be able to see it because he started to think about himself a whole lot. So his vision started to get blurred. He didn't see everything that was sitting in his lap, and, and he started to think, oh, I want to go do my own thing. I want to go out and live my life. I want to go over here and do this. And he didn't start to inventory everything that he had in the house, so he started to think he didn't know where he was going. He didn't have a plan for his life, so he went out and did his own thing. And uh, as I was thinking about this and thinking about how uh, the lack of thankfulness can blur our vision, I started thinking about where else is this true in scripture? And then I thought about the Israelites when they got freed in Egypt and they got out into the wilderness and they started grumbling, they started to be unthankful. And check this out, how blurred of a vision is it that they thought that they wanted to go back to slavery because of their unthankfulness and the unthankfulness led them into being uh, their vision being blurred and not being able to see where they were going to go and what God had already done for them and then another place that I thought and I'm kind of speculating wondering pondering so ponder with me wherever you're at today Adam and Eve in the garden had all of this fruit and all of these trees that they could 
eat from. Yet the servant comes up and is like, hey, there's another one. You want to partake in it? And they're like, what, what if, what if they were so thankful for all of the things that God had given them, all of the fruit, all of the trees and everything, that it overwhelmed them, that it cleared their vision, that they could see that God had already provided all this stuff for them. And then they would have been like the little Kanye thing. Baby, let's put this back on the tree. Because we got everything we need. Okay. Couldn't resist, had to do it. Uh, okay, one more place in scripture that, that we see this, and this is specifically with Jesus. In Luke chapter 17, a couple chapters after where we read, uh, Jesus is, um, he heals these 10 uh, people that have leprosy. And he tells them to go to the priest, the priest to check them out and uh, uh, put them out back into public or allow them to go back into public because they were going to be cleansed and, and released and all that. And Jesus cleanses 10 of them. One of them has a clear vision because of his thankfulness and he comes back to Jesus and falls on his face and starts thanking and worshiping him as God. But this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, weren't there 10? Where are the other nine? Have they not come back to thank and give glory to God? I think that the other nine, their vision wasn't clear because they weren't thankful in the right place. Their thankfulness wasn't clearing their vision to see that Jesus is God. Lack of thankfulness in our life can blur our vision. Another thing that I want to talk about this morning and focus on with the other brother, right? We talked about the prodigal son for a second. Let's talk about the other brother. Lack of thankfulness breeds selfishness, jealousy, and envy. Lack of thankfulness can breed selfishness, jealousy, and envy. We see this, like I said, in the older brother. Listen to this in verse 29. This is, this is how he's talking to his dad. I have served you. I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Do you hear the language of the older brother? Super selfish. And then he says this, yet when you're this son of yours, he wouldn't even call his brother his brother because of how upset he was about this situation. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money, you celebrate. The son, the, the older brother starting to become very jealous, very envious, very selfish, starting to really think about himself. His father said, look, you've always stayed by me and everything I've, I have is yours. The older brother's lack of thankfulness drove him to a place where he wouldn't even celebrate and was pouting on the porch when he could partake in the same thing that his brother was receiving. Have you found yourself here, maybe? I know that I have. Most of us have probably felt like we've been passed up for a promotion or uh, felt like we deserved the celebration that was happening or we got passed up for that job or we got passed up for the opportunity. What's worse is when it happens is it steals our ability to be thankful for our friends and family when they get something. That if, if, if these things are rising up in your life, selfishness, jealousy, envy, and those kinds of things, we might want to, and I don't want to be super discouraging, but we might want to ask, am I being unthankful? Am I lacking thankfulness when I can't celebrate the people around me, when I can't celebrate my brother, when I can't celebrate my friends and family? Am I lacking thankfulness? Now, we talked about what the lack of thankfulness can do and the, the negative effects that it can have in our life. But I think 
there's things that we can see in both of these signs that thankfulness leads us to. Thankfulness leads to faithfulness. Thankfulness leads to faithfulness. The prodigal son was unfaithful, but when he started to recount, when he started to rethink all that he had back at his father's house when he, when he left and was unfaithful, he came back and he wanted to faithfully serve. He said, I want to be taken on as a hired servant. I want to serve you. I want to come back and faithfully serve you because I wasn't thankful in the first place. And now I'm having this change and I'm starting to realize that my thankfulness would have kept me in the house. My thankfulness would have kept me serving you. My thankfulness would have kept me faithful to you. And then we see in the older son, once again, that as he became unthankful and jealous, he sat down on the porch and stopped working in the fields. That as he had everything that he needed, he started to become unfaithful because of the unthankfulness comes in. Therefore, if your thankfulness is rising up in your life and you're starting to think about what you're thankful for, it will lead to faithfulness. I want to uh, point out a scripture that really changed uh, my life back when I was uh, when I was in Bible college, I had this revelation that, is, that has helped me for so long. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul is writing, and he writes this uh, in verse 3. He says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Listen to what he says right here, though. Instead of those things, let there be thankfulness to God. And I started to think about what Paul's writing here is these are ways that you can be unfaithful to Jesus. These are ways that you can be unfaithful to God. But here's what he says is the combat for that. Thankfulness. Thankfulness will lead to your faithfulness. Um, a couple of years ago, when I got married back in, in 2018, it's almost been two years. Me and my wife are almost at our two-year anniversary. Let's go. I'm excited about that. Uh, a couple years ago when we, were, when we were getting married, I was standing in the middle aisle, and I was uh, waiting for her to walk down. And, and I was like, I'm going to cry. Like, everybody cries, right? It's just a beautiful moment when, when the husband or when the groom is waiting there, and, and he's crying or whatever. But I didn't cry that day. I remember having this overwhelming thankfulness. And I started to recount, like, everything that my wife to be meant to me, everything that she had done, every, and I got so excited about spending the rest of my life with her, and this thankfulness made me think, I cannot wait to be faithful to this person for the rest of my life. Thankfulness will lead to faithfulness. When we are thankful, we will become faithful. All right, I want to land here just for a second. Thankfulness leads to a rich life. Thankfulness leads to a rich life. Now, what I mean is, as, as Austin's joining me up here, um, I don't mean money. I mean when you start to look at all that you have and you start to count all the things given to you, you'll notice that you could go on forever. Like food, shelter, and clothing, and even as we start to think about all the food that we have eaten this past uh, week and all the clothes that we have in our closet, we could probably give some away and still have enough. That when we start to think about and count and inventory all the things that we have in our life, you know, we start to see that life becomes a little bit more full. 
And what about this? What about if we, we feel like we're lacking in a few of those things and we don't have a whole lot of that material stuff, right? Well, what about the breath in our lungs that we have every single second? When I'm able to breathe. And what about the, the heartbeat that we never think about that's constantly going, right? Somebody's sustaining that in our life. What about the love that's coming down from God even if you don't feel it? What about the grace that's coming in your life even when you don't see it? What about the mercy of God in our lives when we feel like one of the two brothers? Listen to this, uh, this quote by, I don't want to mess up his first name, but it's by God. Uh, his last name was Bonhoeffer, okay? Um, in ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give. And that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. Let me read that again. In ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give and that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. The prodigal son had so much in the house. The other brother had so much in the house. The prodigal son started to see that even the hired servants had food to spare and that his father had so much for him there. If we want a fuller and richer life, we must start to exercise a lifestyle of thankfulness so that we can see how much God has provided for us. Thankfulness has the power in our lives to help us see, to become selfless, to make us faithful, and to, read, or, and to lead to a rich and full life. Now, as we close out this morning, I want to turn our attention lastly to the Father. Now, as most of us, if we were in this position of the father, we would have been really upset probably. We would have been upset with the prodigal son who left and, and squandered everything in the wild living. And we'd probably be upset with the other son who can't even call his brother his brother because of his jealousy and selfishness and not coming in to celebrate with him. But here's what the father does. As this prodigal son is coming home, he runs down the path to embrace him. And as the prodigal son, God, or, or father, I, I've sinned against you in heaven. I, I, I don't deserve to be your son anymore. The, the father just embraces him. Forget the speech. I'm happy you're home. I'm thankful you're home. I'm thankful you're here. Come on, we've got to celebrate that you decided to come and be in the house. I think somebody needs to hear that today. You're in the house. God's thankful for you to be here in the house. Come on, plug into the house. God is thankful. He's, he's preparing a party and a celebration. And listen to this. He says, get the robe and put it on my son. And the robe's going to represent being clothed in righteousness. He says, son, give me your rags. I'm going to put this robe on you. Son, give me your, give me your hand. I'm going to put this ring on you which will represent dignity and purpose and wealth in my house. Son, come here. Give me your feet. You don't have any shoes on? I'm going to put some shoes on your feet so you can walk in my ways and so you can be a son in my house and not a slave. Oh, and also, we're going to kill the fattened calf. That's going to represent Jesus' blood being shed to wash away your sins so that you can be filled up with joy in your heart as you're in my house. Oh, come on, how thankful 
God is. When our thankfulness is lacking, when our thankfulness isn't there, God's thankfulness for us is never lacking. When you turn around, when you've been the prodigal, when you've been, when you've been outside the house and you turn and you look in and you make that step to come back, do you know how God, how happy and thankful God is for you to do that? Come on, wherever you are today, you can lean back in. You can step back in and allow God to clothe you, to give you these things in your life so you can have a fuller and rich life and understand that he is the giver. He is worth thanking. He is worth it all. And even if we feel like we've been like, like the other son and we feel like we've been ungrateful and we feel like we haven't been celebratory, God's still saying, but yeah, all this is still here for you as well. My love, your place in this house is still here for you as well. In every circumstance, in the good and the bad, we must be thankful to God for what he has done. And I feel right now in this moment, if, you've never, if you're watching for the first time and you've never placed your faith in Jesus and you want to do that, and you feel like one of these brothers and you need to lean back into God, I want to pray for you this morning. God, I pray right now, Jesus, that your presence is amongst us wherever we are. God, if we're at home on our couch or laying in bed or if we're in the car or if we're at work or wherever it may be, God, I pray, God, that we would lean back into you. God, that we would start to recount and take inventory of all the things that you have done for us, God. God, that we could ultimately be thankful to you for the salvation that you have granted us. God, as a gift, as a grace. And God, I pray that we would place our faith in you every single day and that we would wake up every single morning being thankful for how good of a God that you are. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for this church and for this house, God. And God, lastly, I just pray for confidence of your love this morning. God, wherever we are, that we would be overwhelmed this morning in confidence that your love is pouring out over us no matter where we are, no matter how discouraged we feel, no matter how distant we feel. God, I thank you once again for your son. And it's in his name that we all pray together. Amen, amen. Hey, give me a virtual amen in the chats. Oh my goodness, it's been so good to be able to share the word with you guys today. Hey, I hope you guys have a fantastic Sunday um, and, a, and a fantastic week. We can't wait to uh, be in this Christmas season with you as December is approaching. But hey, go out, have a great day, and we will see you guys very soon. Peace out. Love you guys. Our ministry has been a blessing to you and all, whether through the podcast, through our live, or through socials, which you consider partnering with us financially to help us continue blessing people and reaching people with the gospel of Jesus. If you would like to do so, you can go online to roadchurch.org or you can go online to our social page and in the bio, there's a link to give. Thank you so much for considering and helping us continue with God's